0: Praise the Lord. Well, we want to. Join. I said last week that we would share something with you, and so Joe and I are going to share today. And uh, I'm going to just share something first from the Word, because people get a bit upset if I don't bring anything from the Bible. And uh, so we'll just, I want to share with you uh, two principles, and then we're going to share a testimony uh, about the goodness of God, the tremendous goodness of God in our lives, and how God has just uh, bought a blessing like you can, it's almost like fairy tale stuff. You can hardly imagine that it could happen like this. And we want to share with you, just, I want to outline first of all two principles, and then as we just share our testimony, uh, I want to, we want to just highlight what we did that activated these principles. Because God just doesn't move. God is always good, but His goodness is released as we position ourselves for things to happen. And you actually have to make decisions to position yourself for God's blessing to come. Positioning means you take on an attitude or you say words or you do the right things that make room then for God to come and to touch your life. And so one of the things the Bible says very clear is we must believe that God is a good God and we must believe that he will come and touch our lives. And uh, so what we're going to share, I've got a few pictures we're going to put up and uh, what we're going to talk with you and share about uh, is uh, from from our background, from our lives, we... Uh, We will share with you just briefly just where we came from, what happened to get us here. But we want to talk specifically about uh, how God wonderfully came on a wedding that we took just last weekend, the weekend before last. The wedding that I took was that of a daughter we adopted out before we were married. And for me to be able to take the wedding, shape how the whole wedding service went and shape how the reception went is to be absolutely unbelievable. To have even been there was a miracle But to have had the ability and the privilege of being able to shape how it went and make room for God to come was even greater And I want to just, first of all, just highlight the two principles very simply just explain what they are and then we're just going to talk with you about how we activated these principles at various points in our life and how God has been so faithful and has given us a testimony that's just unbelievable With people, uh, with children being adopted out uh, the stories don't usually end as good as this one. This is just one out of the box. And, uh, but it demonstrates that God is always good. So no matter how the story ends, God's goodness never changes. Mm. So for some people, finding their adoptive parents is a very painful and often uh, it increases the pain uh, that they experience. Uh, in our situation, it was exactly the opposite. And we want to share some of the background. So here are the two principles. The first one's found in James chapter 4, verse 6. And it goes like this. God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. Now, when the Bible's talking about humility, it's talking about a positioning of your heart. It's it's talking about an attitude you take. And humility is not sort of groveling stuff. Humility means that I come up front and agree with God about life. And that means I Agree with him about my mistakes and failures and don't try and cover them up or be defensive. It's really important. Humility enables me to look at my life as God sees it, both the negatives and the potential. So humility, the Bible tells us that God will give an empowerment to those who humble themselves. And so humility means like this. It means positioning yourself to come into agreement with God. One, about your mistakes and failures, so you're open about them. Two, about what God says about you and your life. If he says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Humility means I believe it and stand on it. And three, it's about your positioning, what God has called you to do and to be, so humility can manifest itself by boldly and strongly standing up. And to some people, it looks like pride, but it isn't. It's actually, I'm in agreement with God about who I am and what I'm called to be and do. You know, that's, so that's humility. Okay, the second thing I want to share, the second principle is the principle of honor. And the Bible says in Romans 1 verse 21, it puts it first of all negatively. It says this, it says, when they knew God, they did not glorify him or give him honor for who he is, neither did they, were they grateful to him. And it says then they, they become, their minds become futile and darkened and they moved away from God. So here's the principle. Get this principle. Listen to this. Whatever you respect and appreciate will come towards you. Whatever you disrespect will move away from you. Say it again, whatever you respect or whoever you respect will move towards you. Respect and honour and value will attract people into your life. Disrespect will cause them to pull away from you. So even you think about this, if you don't place value on money, it will soon depart from you. When you treat it with respect and handle it well, it will come towards you. Everything in life operates this way. And so to honour someone means to give them appropriate recognition and place and value. And it can be in our attitude to them. It can be in our words. It can be in what we do. And so we honor people. We place value on them. And we position ourselves so they are lifted up. It's very, very important if we're going to walk successfully and enjoy God's blessing, we learn the principle of humility and the principle of honor. So in, in honor, we honor people Uh, For three basis, there's three grounds upon which you honor people. Number one, you honor them because of what they have done. So, if someone has done something notable, you should honor it and value it and appreciate it. See? That's one way you You honor it. You honor, second thing that you honor is a person's character, the kind of person they are. So, when someone's courageous, they may never stand out from the the, the crowd, but in a moment of pressure, they were courageous. You honor that. And you honor the character. And the third thing that we're called to honor is we're called to honor, uh, we're called to recognize the position and rank people have in our life and to value and esteem them just because they have their position. And so that's why the Bible says, Honor your parents that it may go well with you. You say, Well, you don't know what parents are like. It doesn't matter. You honor them because that's the positioning that God has given them in your life. And if you do it, you'll come into blessing. So there's the two principles one of humility coming into agreement with God about life and about what he says about us and standing up and believing that what he says is true and honor, being willing to give value and appropriate uh, uh, respect for people and you'll find it will always release the grace of God. Now, having said that, we want to just now talk just and share just how these principles were applied in our life just uh, in relationship to uh, what happened before we were married and then how God has worked this out in our lives since then. Do
1: you it's just one verse I'd like to um, share, too, that, that really drew to my attention this week. So it talked about preparing the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert. It was a very desert place for many years, a highway for our God, because God wants to come into desert places. He said, every valley shall be exalted. Now, it was certainly a very valley time for me, having a child in secret and releasing it for adoption, a very, very low place. But it said, every valley shall be exalted. To be there on her wedding day was a very high place. Amazing. It said every mountain should be brought down low. It was a huge mountain for me to face my parents at the time of pregnancy. It was just a mountain I couldn't cross. To have all my family there last Saturday just standing with us was huge. He said, the crooked places, crooked places will be made straight. Rough places will be made smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. We saw the glory of the Lord revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. Everybody there in that wedding place saw the glory of the Lord. They didn't know it was the glory of the Lord, but it was. And he said, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Because God gave His promises. And what he decrees and declares, it does take place. I believe it's a time for prophetic decrees over many of your mountains I know many of you are facing mountains, but God can bring them down. And when he does it, it's just absolutely amazing. Now just to go back at the time of the adoption, again, if you go right back to the beginning of the Bible, when Adam sinned, through fear, he hid himself. And uh, at the time, after we'd been dating for about seven years, and there's just huge conflicts, uh, the fear, um, I, I just took the same response that, um, that Adam and Eve did. They just hid themselves with secrecy and think, well, you know, this is a way of coping. I also had inner vows. I know when Lynn does her restoration retreat, a lot of you will be aware of inner vows, things you've told yourself in the past that have become very binding. And then when you face crisis, you operate out of these things that have been programmed inside you. Even though they're not the best way, it's the way that you do because of things you've told yourself that you will do. And I was never going to trap anybody into marrying me or go through the shame of the pregnancies and marriages I saw in the church I was in and, 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 and these inner vows I'd made just said no way I'm going to go there and um, but what happens is that they're strong controls and they actually build build walls around your heart but that was in place at that time in my life and also um, my own way of coping with a crisis I mean Mike's saying humility is acknowledging God's way But if you don't turn to God, you have all sorts of great ways of coping with life. And the enemy will also put a few good ideas in too. (laughs) But when you listen to those and make your own way of coping, basically there's immediate short-term relief and you protect yourself. But um, all these ways lead to great isolation and pain and further damage and huge bondage. But that was what it was like way back in 1969.
0: (laughs) So, prior to us uh, getting married, I wasn't a Christian and uh, did not know the Lord. And uh, so, when Joe when got pregnant, we made a decision that we would we'd adopt our girl out. And a uh, uh, very bad choice, very bad decision it was just made in the, in the, in the pressure of uh, inability to stand up and be courageous. Having made one mistake, we then uh, coupled it up with a second mistake. When you cover things over, you never, ever prosper, the Bible says. And so uh, we, for years, endured tremendous grief and pain. There wasn't a year went by that we didn't remember our daughter and uh, didn't pray for her and wonder what was happening to her. You just can't get over these things, they're just part of your life. And, uh, but the day that uh, we got married, uh, I made the decision to receive Jesus Christ into my life. And asked the Lord to become part of our lives. And uh, then I went before him and totally repented, uh, came into agreement with what he said about what I had done. The failure to be responsible, the failure to actually stand up and be courageous for joy's sake, the uh, rejection of a child, uh, the, uh, the, and all that would come upon her as a result of that. And I made a vow before the Lord that day uh, as coming out of repentance. There's some vows that are very good to make. Said that, I said, no matter where we are in our lives, I know there is a day that you will bring this daughter back to us because of who you are. It's got nothing to do with our rights because we gave our rights up, but because God is good, you will bring her back. And we know, I know in my heart, I had a faith that she would be restored. So when I repented, I said to the Lord then, the day you bring her back, I, no matter what position standing that I have in life, I will be open and transparent about who she is and her place in our lives. And we will give her the acceptance and love and welcome that we withheld from her when we, when we sin. And see, that is actually the issue of humility. That's what humility looks like. You actually turn around completely and come into agreement with God about what needs to happen. So some years later, we uh, came here. The Lord was speaking to us about issues in our life, and we ran a wedding renewal or a marriage renewal service. I'd to tell about that
1: Yes, the church is still quite small, but when we got married, the only neutral place we could get married was the nurses' chapel. We had a Catholic priest and we had an Anglican minister who was married to her brethren and understood my side of things. And it was it was it was just amazing. God came through. It just seemed totally impossible to to get a marriage which both families would accept. But um, Mike was flitting with some some guys who were um, had had left the seminary training to be Catholic priests and and he was fatting with them. One of them broke his leg and was in Wellington Hospital and fell in love with a Presbyterian nurse, and he created a precedent for us. He got special permission from the bishop or whoever it was, and, um, and uh, he was able to get married. So we just followed in his wake, and God made a way, which just seemed totally impossible. But, um, but we, we realized that a lot of things had changed from when we got married. We were very broken, <laughs> barely saved or finding a way back to God, and we realized that there's others in the church at that time that were like us, since they'd been around and come to the Lord, things had totally changed for them, and they were ready to make a, a fresh renewal of their marriage vows. so we, we got to about, I think about 10, 12 couples, several couples in the church, we, we met for about three weeks, and we, we talked about the foundation of our marriage and, and, and prepared ourselves to go through the ceremony again which was, for me, the very first time I actually lift the cover off my big secret. I hadn't even told my parents about this daughter. And, but we, with this small group, we talked about our background, and we decided, well, this is the time to, to bring out our, our baggage, and maybe we should, at that time, write to welfare and see if we could reconnect with our daughter we lost. You know what, how good God is? Our daughter's mother, Carol, decided it was our daughter's right to know her heritage, and she wrote, and those letters are landed the same day. At welfare. So um, as a result of interest on both sides, they gave us information, and we started to um, make contact. But for me, it was incredibly difficult when you've covered something and live with denial to face the reality. I couldn't cope with even a photograph of her. I mean, to have something shut away and behind a a big stone, you know, and God says, roll away the stone, you don't want to go there. I mean, it's death there, it's ugly there, it's painful there. But when you actually roll it away and look at a photograph and think actually this is a person and her name was Josephine. I thought that's kind of a bit of a religious name and the Lord immediately told me about Joseph who was separated from all his brethren and came back and had a <laughs> reunion and, yeah. and, um, and so it was quite a, a big thing to actually face reality when you've been living in denial for 18 years I suppose <laughs> but it's, um, uh, we had to really roll away the stone remove the covering and then you feel incredibly vulnerable and fragile and dependent on God and that's actually just what he wants us to do when we let go of whatever we've hid behind. They had fig leaves in Genesis, that they had to actually take those fig leaves off to receive the covering of skin and the provision of what Jesus Christ had done on the cross. But for me, that was quite a, um, a vulnerable stage too.
0: So again, the issue of humility came in. We had to uh, face the issues in our personal life. I uh, had to put, we put matters right with one another and realize that all our lives have been this deep hurt. And uh, to come and actually admit, the Lord spoke to me, clearly said, you need to put this matter right. I had to put it right with Joy. I had to go to her father and put it right with her father. We had to actually come clean about what we had done that was wrong. And when you do that, when you position yourself the way God says, he provides blessing for you. He Mm. provides grace.
1: Yeah, I remember my parents, I invited them up. I said, there's something I want to talk to you about. So I took the two of them out to the Old Flame, which is the best restaurant I could think of, and sat them down and really just had to deeply apologise for my secrecy and what I'd hidden from them and ask their forgiveness for what we would um, had covered at that time. And that's it, actually mm. honouring
0: them by putting right what was wrong.
1: Mm. Where
0: there'd been dishonour, there had to be honour restored. Mm. and that made such a difference.
1: Then we wrote to Josephine, and we apologised to her. We both apologised for the rejection and the effect it had on her life and asked her forgiveness, and, uh, and then we um, really decided to make her very welcome. Um, we, uh, we invited her to come and stay, and that again was a miracle. She was halfway through dentistry school. She's a dentist in Wakatani. That stage, she was halfway through dentistry training in Dunedin, and she was going back to do a summer school paper, and um, so we invited her to stay after that paper. Now, of course, when you sit in church and you pastor church and you've got six children that look a bit like you, you can't turn up with another one the next Sunday looks without like saying me. something to the church. Yeah. <laughs> but this church is amazing. We, we stood up the, 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 the Sunday before she arrived to stay and shared our our, our testimony. Some of you, I, I know, are still here. I remember some of your faces. And at the end of the, the service, God was so good there, and he just... I think everybody's closets were open, and all the skeletons came out. <laughs> and God just moved and brought quite a wave of tremendous healing. But also, as a church family, you were tremendously responsive to us. And we invited her to arrive. She arrived right on Mike's 44th birthday. Uh-huh. That was what day what she are said the chances she of that? To
0: she had no <laughs> idea when my birthday was, but the day she chose to come was to have birth, my birthday. Yeah. And that week we had just an unbelievable time. Mm. And over the years since then, she's connected to us, come to know and love us. And cries every time she comes home and has become quite bonded and connected to our family and uh, so it was uh, just amazing when uh, the young man that uh, asked her to uh, marry him uh, came and he honoured me by asking me for permission and I have no rights, you understand that when you give a child up for adoption, there are no rights and in those days, in those days, there was also no contact and there was no way to make contact, it was closed you understand that when we gave the child up and God spoke to me and I knew in my heart she was going to come back, there was no possible way it could happen mm. because you never had any contact with them. You couldn't get the contact. And then the law changed. It made this possible. So she came back and we were able to reconnect. And, uh, and uh, he, asked, uh, for, uh, he asked me for permission to marry her, which was a great honor to me. And she also honored me and asked me to help with the service. She'd come to the weddings of our family and it just got blown away. And she said, I don't know what it is, but what you got, I want. <laughs> and so um, I was able, I was in a position then. This is what's so amazing. I was in a position to shape a service in a way that God could come into the service. And I was in a position to help shape the reception so that the things that needed to happen there for God to come were, were, were in place. Mm. and taught her about how to honour her parents and how to actually address them and speak to them and the things she needed to say as she exited from their care and came in to start a new family. Mm. uh, At that
1: time, even though Mike had a chance to prepare her for the wedding and coach her how to honour her parents, which of course immediately met with a burst of tears and kind of wasn't as emotionally connected to them as she was to us, but he listed all the ways in which they had come through for her and and how to honour them. But in the meantime, I was flying to Taiwan and I was watching a movie on the plane about an adoption story and I felt quite stirred after watching this movie. So I decided to write Josephine a letter. It was coming up to her wedding. And I, I honoured her in a letter for her courage and for the steps she was making and, and for the um, the choice that I regretted, but the choices that I've made, which were great choices like marrying Mike and giving our hearts to the Lord and building our lives on him and just encouraging her in those responses. But I I, I didn't. I felt to post this letter, so when I was in Taiwan at the hotel, I got some hotel paper and posted the letter and stuck it in the counter at the hotel. You know, that letter arrived the day of our women's conference when she was having a pamper day. She'd invited me to join her for a pamper day, but I couldn't make it because we had our women's conference. But as she was leaving to go on that pamper day, my letter was in the mail. She felt I was with her.
0: (laughs) So we we went to the wedding. The wedding practice was very, very difficult. Uh, You... you (coughs) You have to come to face things. One of the things about walking with the Lord is that he never spares us from the consequences of bad choices. One of the things about growing up, and you have to learn that bad choices have bad consequences. And although God will forgive us, there's a walking out of those consequences. And uh, so, of course, for me, one of the biggest challenges was to, at the night, on the day of the wedding, to have another man walk my daughter down the aisle. That was very, very hard. You'll see it. I'm going to show you a couple of pictures of it just in a moment. But the night before, I was very distressed. We did the wedding practice and went to have time with them, but there was no presence of God there. It was very awkward. It was just so uncomfortable that I just went after the practice to the beach and just wept before the Lord and said, God, you've got to come and help us. This is just so difficult, and it looked like there was going to be no real value. You know what Kiwis get like? They get that sort of funny humor that's kind of a put-down sort of humor, and I... And I so wanted that uh, th- there would be uh, God's value and presence come into the place. It just seemed like it was impossible for that to happen. And so I went home. We, I was quite upset the night uh, we'd met with the family and the night that we uh, did the wedding practice. And, and I went home saying, God, you've got to help. You've got to show me how I can actually make a difference in the service tomorrow. And so I would've, we, would've, we talked about it. I would have spent probably a couple of hours just waiting on God to get something that was appropriate for that situation. Uh, it was an incredibly un- unusual feeling. i just put a photo up. Uh, and we'll just drop some photos through as we go. And then you'll kind of catch the feel of it as we as we do this. And uh, there she comes. Have we just stop there? Uh, a most unusual feeling to have some other man being bringing my daughter down the aisle. It was quite challenging to deal with the emotions that so went with that, but I was having to face the consequences of choices made years ago. And, but I, I knew that the Lord would provide grace, and what he did was he showed me to speak on honour, to actually demonstrate honour and to use honour to unlock that service. So we had uh, Kate and Andrew, our son-in-law put a song together, and as they began to sing, just the atmosphere began to change. It wasn't even a song they chose, but nevertheless, because of what's in their lives, the atmosphere began to shift and change. And persons presence of God came into the place. You could feel the change. And, of course, everyone's looking at me. What's he going to say? And what do you say? How much do you say? Uh, the, we felt for her parents. Originally, we had felt perhaps only just a couple of members of our family come, but Joe wanted everyone there. And uh, so we kind of are very sensitive about this, but the Lord showed me exactly what to say. Just watch another couple there. Just put another picture or two up. Little boy
1: Alex is Josephine's little little son, and um
0: that's her father and mother, and that's them giving our daughter in marriage to Steve. Just one more. Just stop there. Now, what happened was this: was I felt the Lord show me that uh, to actually honour the parents because they would be feeling uncomfortable. And humility, remember, is knowing your position and adopting the right position. And sometimes we can be in charge, sometimes you actually have to be the servant You've got, to, you've got to see how God has positioned you and choose to position yourself in that way. So what I did then was I actually spent time and honoured them and honoured them, spoke directly to them, honoured them because it was a very difficult choice to take home a baby that uh, had, uh, what was this? Congenital, hip. Congenital hips. Congenital hips. It made
1: me surprise. surprised. This mother claimed to be an atheist, but she, she looked at our baby and said, I just knew she was going to be all right. And at 10 months, she got up
0: and walked. Yeah. <laughs> so no one wanted her in the hospital, which we had no idea about. Her own mother was resistant to her having this baby because she thought she might be a cripple and she felt in her heart that she should have the baby. So I honoured her for choosing uh, to welcome Josephine into their lives. We honoured them for the education and family life they'd made. We honoured them for uh, encouraging her to seek us out, knowing that this would be quite a difficult thing for them and we honoured them then for welcoming us us into their home to meet with them and have time with them. It's
1: funny, the first time we met her, soon after we met Josephine, we went right to the bottom of the South Island. There were two sets of parents and Josephine having a meal together, which was bigger than to invite us into their home. But what amused me, halfway through the meal, she was, mother was pouring out her heart and her feelings and her emotions, yeah. and she suddenly said, Hey, but you complete strangers. I don't know why I'm doing this.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as we, what I did was honour them, honoured uh, their brothers, honoured... Uh, our own family for coming and being with us and supporting us, the whole family, everyone turned out. There wasn't anyone out. Everyone turned up. And uh, then I honoured Steve for the way he had conducted himself and and, in approaching me and Josephine for her courage in actually being willing to seek us out and then to make us welcome into her life and heart. And uh, I indicated very clearly it was not by right we were there. It was by privilege and by just her choice, the goodness of her choice. And, uh, we, and I shared a message for them that wisdom builds the house. By wisdom, you build a marriage. By wisdom, you build uh, various ways. You can build relationships and business and whatever ministries. But wisdom is making choices from God's perspective. And I acknowledged that we'd made a bad choice. We'd lived to regret it. But now we were glad that uh, God had made a way for this day to happen. And it was like a miracle that we could be there involved like that on that day.
1: one thing, when God restores things, he's got such a big heart. There's just one other thing Um, on the journey before we had the wedding day. Mike and I went to Nigeria to celebrate, oh it was our 25 year wedding anniversary but the prophet in Nigeria put his bony finger in my face and read my mail. But one thing he brought out was that in God's eyes um, Josephine had been like an orphan. I mean if I could have selected a home, the home she had was great. We were both teachers, they were both teachers, brought up in the country had her own pet lambs and calves and had a wonderful upbringing, but the only thing missing was the God element. She was totally foreign from the things of God. So in God's eyes, she was an orphan to his family. And I thought, wow, God, you have a heart for people that are orphaned from your things. You know, it's better to have nothing natural but to have Jesus, who's everything than to have everything and not have Jesus. Yes. So that incident um, really made me feel deeply and agree with God about orphans and his heart for orphans. And our own passion for orphans was really birthed out of that. And I'm just so excited that many people here support orphans because God's on their side. Yeah. And he was grieved that she was orphaned from the things of God. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So at the reception, tight came time for the reception, and uh, we wondered how that would go. And we, we, when we went in, we noticed that Joe had done interesting things. She got the main table and then she'd positioned the table with the two parents right in front of her <laughs> so there were equal positioning. Quite amazing. I mean, you can't make that happen. And uh, she then stood up and honoured her natural family, her, her, birth, her, uh, birth, her adoptive family, and then when she'd honoured them and appreciated them, she honoured us. And it was incredibly heart-touching, but when you honour people, it unlocks something. Just have a look, a couple more pictures. There, there they are there. You can see a very happy couple. One more. There you go. Just leave that one up. And uh, so what happened then was her, her mother had said she was not going to say anything, and then suddenly she said, "I want to say something." Now understand that honor opens the way for people to come near, and also brings God near. When you honor people, God's presence somehow. Sometimes it just seems to come in. And so she stood up, and what she said just stunned us.
1: Yes, the night before it was so awkward I mean she didn't kind of even want to look at me or acknowledge me She just got busy, 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 busy And um,
0: it was but after
1: she had honoured at the service You know, it just kind of disarms people And after Josephine had honoured her The mother stood up And she, this person who wasn't going to speak She was so beautiful She spoke from her heart And I don't think Josephine had ever heard her speak from her heart But she honoured each of her children Three of them were adopted And they had one of their own And how precious each of them was and she honoured Josephine for the tremendous joy she'd brought into their life and all the, um, you know, wonderful experiences they had. And then what blew me away?
0: <laughs> well, she, she said that each year when they had Christmas and had her birthday, that they remembered the family that had lost her. And were deeply grateful that our loss was their gain and of course it's very, you can imagine how we felt about that because <laughs> every year we'd remembered we'd lost a daughter and, and, uh, and I, so it was quite heart touching for both of us for her to <laughs> say that and uh, I, we both stood and, uh, and shared and I just shared well it hadn't been a year go by that we hadn't thought of our daughter and prayed for her and that uh, it was a great loss and we just uh, appreciated Josephine for her willingness to allow us to come back into her life. So it was quite, Mm. it was unbelievably heart-touching. You hear sobs (laughs) down the back. I didn't even dare look around to see who's, there's tears everywhere, and and I didn't even dare to look around and see who's sobbing down the back. Because we we realize that right through the whole of the uh, of the group, there were broken marriages, there were adopted people, there were people who had lost children, there was there was blended families, there were all kinds of things there. And when you when people are in the presence of honor, it unlocks their heart.
1: It makes way for the Lord to come it makes in. Makes way and for God. It's, to it's do a powerful things. thing to experience that honor does make way for the for the for the Lord to come and. Josephine didn't want us to say too much at the reception if her parents didn't say too much. So we were kind of positioning ourselves. But when both her mother and father spoke, you know, quite well and quite long, she gave us an opportunity to speak. And again, we wouldn't want to say too much, but I just wanted to honour her for how you know, beautiful she looked and what she'd done to open a heart for our family. And Steve, the most amazing thing about her, her um, fiancé, well, two things. First of all, The very first time she visited us in our church, she went back to her flat. And while she was away, one of her flatmates got baptized in the Holy Ghost. She said, I know what you're on about. I've been to my best dad's church, and I know what you're on about. But the second thing was she had a few other relationships. And then when Steve came on the scene, she said, I knew you'd like this one. Because one day Steve was prayed for by somebody like Mike, planted down on the ground for 20 minutes with a back injury, came up totally healed. So he had a real awareness of of the power of God. She said, I knew you'd like this one. (laughs) But the week before the wedding, the Saturday before the wedding, he was 28 meters below the sea and out of air. <laughs> and he had to shoot up to the surface. He got the bends. He was flown in a decompression unit and got released two days before the wedding. <laughs> so i just so grateful for Steve that he was with us, that God had kept him. I think I believe it was a demonic assignment, actually, because when the things like that are so difficult, God's got a great test, uh, purpose and destiny for people's lives, and I believe that's still being unfolded. But um, I honoured him for what he had done and, again, said that it was thereby just by um, no rights or, or um, it was a significant event to be part of, but we really had no, no rights, but just that God is just so incredibly good and the grace of God and the goodness of God. So we both just had a chance, again, just to, just to acknowledge God and, and acknowledge and honour, which, again, was part of the process. just
0: we'll finish with a couple of things, mm. but what was amazing was the impact on people. yeah. And uh, there were lots of things and I won't disclose them because they're just very, very precious and I just feel it wouldn't be appropriate to share them. But there's a couple that were very, very, were quite really thrilling. One was that uh, uh, um, Joe has a a son called Alex, he's seven years old, and prior to the wedding uh, he had been talking to Stephen, and and, uh, Steve had asked him, do you want me to be your stepdad? And he said, no, no, I've got a dad, I don't need a stepdad and uh, I'll just call you Steve. When the when we'd had this time and the presence of God was touching people, he said, why are people crying? And Joe said, well, you know, when people say words from their heart, they feel something. And he said, I want to say something. And so he took the microphone. This is a seven-year-old. And then he said, he, he honored his mother for being so beautiful and so good for him. And then he honored Steve. And he said, Steve, I'd like you to be my stepdad. I'd like you to have that place in my life well, they oh. sat down, and burst, sat the down and burst of tears. We're thinking, oh. you know, <laughs> just, and uh, so that, and there were many things that happened like that. And there was one other thing that was notable for me was that although it had been so awkward prior to the wedding, uh, after the wedding, her mother came up and said, thank you for coaching her in how to put on such a great event. And uh, I just thanked her for acknowledging it and, and so on. But really what we had done, we'd coached her in the principle of honor Mm. and as she did it all the way through the presence of God came and made this event just an extraordinary event we are deeply grateful to the Lord Mm. we it's something we could never you know we believed that he would bring her back we believed that we'd be part of her life but we never would have guessed that God does is more than enough that God Mm. gave us more than we expected Mm. and I want to encourage you all to consider uh, just those issues of humility and, and honour that they can unlock so much in our lives. Why don't we just close our eyes for a moment now, just going to finish up. I know some of you will have been really deeply touched and uh, I want just the musicians just play for a moment. If you've got to get a baby, feel free to go out. I just want to give it just a couple more minutes. Perhaps you're here today, you've been in the service and it's really touched your heart and you're not a Christian you don't know Jesus Christ, you you haven't experienced for yourself yet the personal love of God for you, then here's what you can do. Jesus said this to everyone who received him, everyone who personally invited Christ into their life. He gave them power to become a child of God, have their sins forgiven, to have a new relationship with the God as Father, and to walk as part of a God family. What a great thing today for you to make that decision. We made it. I had so many things wrong with my life before I came to Jesus Christ. And today we've shared a little about the goodness of God. The goodness of the Lord is before us. Listen, why don't you make that decision yourself? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, want to become a Christian, why don't you just raise your hand, and let me know? Just raise your hand, and let me know. If there's any person here today who want to receive Jesus Christ, just raise your hand so I can see. God bless. I see the hand there. Is there anyone else? You want to receive the love of God, receive God's love into your life. Anyone else? Just God bless. I see the hand over there. Is there anyone else? Two people today. Anyone else? It's a personal choice to connect with God. Perhaps you're here and you're disconnected from God. You've once had a relationship with the Lord, but because of disappointments and things not going like you thought, you've drawn back. And today you're needing to renew your relationship with the Lord. Why don't you raise your hand and say, that's me. I need to come back to the Lord today. God bless. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless. let see the hand. Anyone else? Well, just be honest. Be humble. Humility is admitting my condition. Perhaps you're a young person and you know you're not near the Lord at all. and You say, God, I need to come back to you today. Why don't you raise your hand? Okay, this is what we're going to do. God bless. God bless you Do Anyone else? Anyway, this is what we're going to do now. In the count of three, I want everyone to stand up and clap. And each person that wanted to give their life to Jesus or return to Jesus, why don't you make your way around the front here and face me. Just make a row facing me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus. You ready to do that?